Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, what is it going to take for the Raiders to get their first winning streak in 2023? That plus a whole lot more comes up on Friday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, October 13th, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Just Raiders. Win. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Just win. Your team Just every win. day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show as soon as it becomes available. Of course, as always, if you're checking us out on YouTube, thank you. Appreciate the support of the show. Appreciate my man Ari. Ari has us up on YouTube each and every day. Does a fantastic job. You want to hit him up on Twitter, you can at Ari Produces. You can hit me up on Twitter as well at your boy Q254 and the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693. We'll get plenty of calls and texts coming up in segment number three. We didn't get to any of them on Thursday because we had the crossover edition with Mike DeBate, host of Lockdown Patriots. So hopefully you enjoyed that. But we'll get back to calls and texts. Segment number three of today's show. Got a lot of them. We're going to try to get to as many as possible. That'll be in segment number three. Segment number two, like we do all the time before a game day, so on Fridays or on Mondays or on Wednesdays ahead of Thursday, whatever the case may be, whenever the Raiders play the show before that game, we always give you keys to victory. What is it going to take for the silver and black to come away with the victory? And it's coming up on Sunday at Allegiant Stadium. Kickoff is at 105 Pacific time. So we'll give you the keys to victory. We'll say what the Raiders have to do to come away with the dub and uh, improve their overall record to 3-3. Three and three. We'll do that in segment number two of the show. Here in segment number one, I'd like to give you the news and notes of the day, whatever I collected throughout the course of the day or the past couple of days to bring you on the show. So we'll get to that right after I tell you that today's show is being brought to you by Prize Picks. Uh, prize picks is the easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports go to prizepicks.com slash locked on nfl use code and it's all lowercase locked on nfl for a first deposit match up to a hundred dollars i'll tell you more about them later on in the show but let's go ahead and go over the injury report for thursday we got one on wednesday and thursday we'll get another one today and then we'll find out the official game status 90 minutes before kickoff and for the most part the raiders have been doing walkthroughs this week since you know, it was, it's a short week. They played a game on Monday. They've really just been doing walkthroughs. But as far as the injury report goes for the Silver and Black, Devontae Adams dealing with the shoulder injury, did not participate on Wednesday, was limited on Thursday. So, again, I mentioned it on, uh, on Thursday's show. I have no doubt Devontae Adams is going to play on Sunday. It's probably going to be a shoulder injury he's going to deal with throughout the course of the season until he actually has some real deal time to rest and, and recoup. But until then, he's going to battle through it because that's who Devontae Adams is. Cornerback Jacorian Bennett. He's also dealing with a shoulder injury, was limited on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. I'll just give you a little bit of a hint. You'll hear from Jacorian Bennett here in segment number one. I had an opportunity to get into the Raiders locker room on a Thursday, myself and Vinny Bonsignor. So you'll hear the conversation that we had with Jacorian Bennett. I'll tell you right now, he feels like he's going to give it a go on Sunday. So that's just a little bit of a preview of what's still to come later on in this segment. Uh, Max Crosby dealing with a knee injury, limited on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. I don't have to say anything about Max. You know he's going to go. On Sunday, Marcus Epps dealing with the knee injury, limited on Wednesday, full participant on Thursday. So he sounds like he's good to go. He was able to play on Monday against Green Bay. So obviously that's a good sign. This is not a good sign. Cornerback Nate Hobbs dealing with the ankle injury. Hasn't played the last two games. Did not participate on Wednesday. Did not participate on Thursday. I highly doubt that he plays on Sunday. It's just 
what it is, right? Which obviously means that a guy like Amik Robertson or Tyler Hall or Ja'Korian Bennett, right? Guys like that are going to be leaned upon uh, to fill a void of Nate Hobbs, who's now missed two games in a row, and hopefully he'll be back sooner rather than later. Defensive end Malcolm Kuntz dealing with a knee injury, full participant on Wednesday, full participant on Thursday, and he's been playing better. I got to give him a lot of credit that, you know, he's all of a sudden stepped into a role that he probably didn't expect that he was going to have, and he's been take, making the most of his advantage or his, his time out there on the grass. He hasn't got to the quarterback, but he's been able to get pressures. He hasn't got sacks, but he's been able to get pressure, so that's positive moving forward. Cornerback David Long Jr. is dealing with the ankle injury. Uh, limited on Wednesday, full participant on Thursday. Wide receiver Jacoby Myers with a wrist injury. Limited on Wednesday, full participant on Thursday. Cornerback Amik Robertson, knee, knee injury, full on Wednesday, full on Thursday. And wide receiver Trey Tucker, knee injury, uh, limited on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. And a little side note about Trey Tucker. He told Vinny Bonsignor that he's running at about 75% right now. He's not even running at 100%. He injured himself on Monday Night Football, hurt that knee, and I was paying attention to him on the sidelines trying to, you know, work it out and try to stretch it out, and, you know, he's not where he needs to be. He's not 100%, but even at 75%, Trey Tucker is still really fast. So would love to see him get involved, more involved in the offense, and really get that speed out there on the grass, him and DeAndre Carter, and see what they can bring to the table. Speed is something that you can't teach. You either have it or you don't. Trey Tucker, he absolutely has it. As far as the Patriots go, their list of of injuries are long. (laughs) Very, very long. I mean, Matthew Judon, Christian Barmore, Trent Brown, Cody Davis, Demario Douglas, Trey Flowers, uh, Davion Godshow, uh, Jonathan Jones, Mike uh, Unwenu, I think, <laughs> Riley Reef, Juju Smith-Schuster, Cole Strange, Tyquan Thornton, uh, Josh Uche, Sean Wade, Kyle Duggar, all those guys are on the injury report as of right now. Matthew Judon did not participate. He's going to be a guy that's not going to play. Uh, Juju Smith-Schuster is also a guy that did not participate. He's not going to play. Um, and and Demario Douglas is dealing with a concussion as well, did not participate, most likely is not going to play. So Juju is most likely out. Demario Douglas is most likely out, and I believe Matthew Judon is definitely out. So uh, everyone else was limited from that big laundry list of guys that I just mentioned. Now, I also mentioned hearing from Jacorian Bennett. Myself and uh, Vinny Bonsignor had a chance to catch up with, uh, with Jacorian Bennett in the Raiders locker room Following uh, following their practice on Thursday, just a couple minutes with Jacorian, and again, you can uh, you could take it for what it's worth, but it sounds like he's going to give it a go, or at least he believes he's going to give it a go come Sunday against the Patriots. Check it out. How frustrating was it being able to play uh, on Monday night? Oh yeah, no, it, it, it was super frustrating, you know, not being able to play, but you know, it was just kind of good to watch the guys handle their business, and especially defense. You know, them getting three takeaways, and you know, it, it was good to see. Um, when you're when you when you have to be sidelined like you are, do you get to see it from a different vantage point a little bit? Oh yeah, yeah, no, no, for sure, for sure. You definitely get to see it from a different uh, point of view. But you know, it's at the end of the day, it's still football. I was still trying to act like I was kind of out there. You know, what I'm saying getting those mental reps and stuff. But yeah, man, you know, seeing it from that perspective, it was cool. But at the same time, kind of you know, uh, I, but you know, it was good to see them boys go out there get the win though for sure. How do you feel now and you feel like you're on target to play on Sunday? Oh, yeah, for sure. Nah, I'm definitely getting better each and every day. You know, uh, But, yeah, playing on Sunday, nah, that's definitely a plan, though. How has it felt for you so far just trying to get acclimated to the NFL? Uh, it's been it's been good, you know. Like, you know, of course, it has its ups and downs and stuff. Right. But I'm just, you know, just embracing the moment, 
um, learning from the vets and just trying to be the best version of myself. We talked to uh, your secondary coach and he said that you were raised right. And what yeah. he meant by that, he was giving credit to your parents. And he yeah. said what he meant by that was the fact that you could take criticism and not take it personal, but go out there and react. Is that something that you, you feel the same way about? Yeah, no, nah, for sure. It's not about how they say it, it's just about what they say. You know what I'm saying? And, you know, uh, he trying to coach me up. That's his job. And whatever nuggets he have for me, any tips, tricks that he want me to do, you know, I'm... You know, I'm all ears, and I'm going to try to do it to the best of my ability. How much have you been able to learn from the veterans like Marcus Peters as well and Marcus Epps? Oh, yeah, no, for sure. I learned a lot from both of those guys. You know, like, first thing uh, MP told me when he got here, he said, hey, I'm an open book, so ask me anything. So I just kind of took that and ran with it. So I asked him so many questions and stuff like that. But, you know, it's definitely going to get me better. I'm going to continue to ask questions. Fired up for this Sunday, another game at home? Oh, yeah, most definitely, most definitely. Yeah. Try to get, uh, I'm going to be out there this week, though. You know, try to do what I can to help yeah. the team win, for sure. Four interceptions the last two weeks by the defense. How good is it to see the turnover starting to come? Oh, yeah. Nah, it's been it's, it's been great. You know, uh, Coach PG always kind of preaches, you know, like we're trending in the right direction. We just got to keep stacking brick by brick. And, you know, just kind of keep the main thing the main thing. For sure. What is the mentality when you go and you go try to get the ball? You had a lot of production in college. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just... Just go be a dog. You see ball, go get ball. You know, that's the that's the mentality. You know, uh, a lot of DBs kind of like when the ball in there, you know, they just kind of have that DB mentality. But with MP here, you know, me, all those guys, you know, what they kind of preach to me, like JB when the ball in there, we're the receiver. Right. So, you know, they just been kind of helping me with that. But, yeah, that's the mentality, though, just be a dog. What did you think of Amik when he got up there and, and seemed like he jumped out the yeah. stadium to get that ball? <laughs> oh, yeah, nah, I was, nah, I was, nah, I was so, I was so lit, man, for him. I was so hyped, you know, because we talked about that, you know, yeah. uh, about going out there and making plays, but it was good to see him go out there and do his thing, for sure. Amik said that, you know, when he saw Trayvon Mary get the interception, that he wanted to be the next guy Oh yeah, DB. Does that make you say, oh, oh yeah, I want to get my hands on the next yeah, one? Yeah, nah, for sure. Yeah, nah, it's definitely <laughs> contagious. So there is Jacorian Bennett, Vinny Bonsignor, and myself in the Raiders locker room third Thursday following practice and uh, yeah I'm just excited to see Ja'Cory and Bennett get back out there on the grass not that you know Amik Robertson was a liability out there uh, just want to see Ja'Cory and continue to get some more reps on the grass that's how he's going to get better and he's a guy that's a sponge he's a guy that's willing to work and I can take that right and I think that the only way he's going to grow is by being out there on the field so I want to see him out there hopefully he's healthy and can go especially with the guy like uh, Nate Hobbs being out and David Long Jr. he's a little suspect when he's out there as well I like what Amik brings to the table I like what Tyler Hall brings to the table. You know, Marcus Peters is a guy that they brought in for a reason to hold down one side of the field and, and make some plays on the ball, and he really hasn't done that. He made a couple plays on Monday against the Packers, which was good, right? That was a positive sign, but he's obviously been brought in to make more plays. So the more corners that they have, the better as far as I'm concerned. Uh, one more little nugget that I have for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, and this is a note that came from the Dan Patrick show. ESPN's Dan Orlowski was on it, and he was talking about the Raiders in this past draft attempted to trade up to the number one spot we all knew that right we all knew that they tried to trade with the bears and we all at least i believed that they tried to trade up to go get bryce young but according to dan orlowski from espn and you know that's obviously you know according to him and i'm going to try to get him on either my radio show or the podcast to confirm one way or the other he said that the raiders were attempting to trade up to get cj stroud at number one in the draft, which is interesting to me because remember when I was in Kansas City and I actually got a chance to talk to C.J. Stroud, it sounded like when he talked to me that he was very confident that if given the chance, he would be a Raider. So I felt like, and I remember bringing that to the to the podcast saying, man, I don't know about you, but it really sounded like he's confident that the Raiders like him and that they're going to they're gonna select him if they're given the chance. Well, 
They obviously didn't get the number one overall pick. The Panthers ended up getting that. The Raiders didn't. They went with Tyree Wilson at number seven. But it's interesting that, you know, Dan Orlovsky is saying that C.J. Stroud was their pick. And if you remember, the Bears wanted a huge haul from the Raiders uh, in return for that number one spot. They wanted a 2023 first-round pick. That was obviously number seven overall. 2023 second-round pick. Two first-round picks. uh, Two future first-round picks, sorry. And a future second-round pick. Eventually, Chicago settled for uh, the Panthers' number one pick in exchange for wide receiver uh, DJ Moore as well. A 2023 first-round pick, like I mentioned, a 2023 second-round pick, a 2024 first-round pick, and a 2025 second-round pick. And the Raiders, they tried to sweeten the deal that they offered by throwing in Darren Waller. They valued the Bears, that is, valued DJ Moore more than they valued Darren Waller. Uh, You've seen what DJ Moore has been able to do in Chicago. Clearly, that was the right decision. But the Raiders tried to make a move, and according to Dan Orlovsky from ESPN, they uh, tried to make the move for C.J. Stroud. You see what he's doing now in, uh, in Houston. It sure would be nice to see C.J. Stroud with that strong arm and that accuracy being able to throw that rock to Devontae Adams. So that's all I got for you for 7 number 1 of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Oh, yeah, if you're watching Thursday Night Football, is week 6 got underway. The Chiefs won 19-8 to over the Broncos. The Chiefs are now sitting there at 5-1 and one in first place. The Chargers are at second at 2-2 two and two as they're coming off their bye week. The Raiders are sitting there at 2-3. and three. And the Broncos are pulling up the rear at one and five. So the Raiders have an opportunity to move to three and three. The Chargers play the Cowboys on Monday night football. So they could actually drop to two and three if Dallas handles their business. So obviously you got to go out there and play the games and we'll see where it goes. But the Chiefs, Chargers, Raiders, and then the Broncos is the current order in the AFC West. Coming up in segment number two, for the Raiders to improve their record to three and three, what will it take? We'll give you the keys to victory, defense, offensively, and overall. That's coming up after. I tell you about Jace Medical and the Jace case. And I'm sure right now you're thinking, Q, what's the Jace case and what does it provide? I'm glad you asked. Five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. And really, it's simple to get a Jace case. You fill out the online form, and in some cases, you got to jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians, and you can get ongoing care from their physicians on any treatment-related question. Doctor-created, doctor-recommended. The big thing is they don't want you to get caught unprepared. Everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. All you got to do, you got to go online, fill out a form, and then get a prescription. Life-saving medications will come right to your door. The Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication and you have it in hand. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using the promo code LOCKEDON for all Locked On Raider podcast listeners at checkout. JaceMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Remember, the promo code is locked on. Check it out today. J-A-S-E medical.com. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team Every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to get into the conversation of what it's going to take for the Raiders to come away with a victory on Sunday versus the Patriots and have their first winning streak in 2023. I'm going to start with the defense because earlier this week I gave props to the defense, right? I call them the strength of the team. And right now I believe they are the strength of the team. They're allowing the team to hang around games. They're not getting blown out. They got blown out in the Buffalo game. So, you know, we can cancel that one and say, hey, that was a blowout. Defense stunk. Offense stuck. No doubt. I got that. I I agree 100%. But every other game, they have really, the defense has done their job. And, again, only allowing 22.8 points per game. 
That's the only stat I care about, right? You could talk about yards. You could talk about yards per attempt. You could talk about yada, 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 yada. At the end of the day, what matters? Points. How many you give up and how many you score? Only giving up 22.8 points per game is, is really good. It's really good. It's middle of the pack, which is all we've ever asked this Raiders defense to be is middle of the pack, and they have room to grow. They are not a, a well-oiled machine. They're not where they need to be. They still have a lot of room to grow, but to be where they're at right now, it's a positive step. Now, the better step would be if the offense would hurry up and catch up. But let's start off with the defense, what they need to do to help the Raiders secure a victory on Sunday. First and foremost, you got to get pressure on Mac Jones, right? He's playing skittish right now. He's been benched the last two games. He's turning the ball over. He's just not playing good ball. He's had four interceptions and a fumble the last two games, and the Patriots have been blown out 72-3. to 72-3 the last two games. They have gone 34 offensive drives in a row without scoring a touchdown. 34. So they're looking bad right now offensively. So the defense, it has to start with pressure on the quarterback. Make him continue to see ghosts because that's what he's doing. Remember when we heard about Sam Darnold and him seeing ghosts? That's what Mac Jones is doing right now. He's seeing ghosts. He's throwing the ball where he's not supposed to. He's putting it in harm's way, and opposing defenses are taking it away. Now, I got to give credit because the Cowboys defense is really good. So they caused a lot of that, right? And then the Saints defense is really good. So the Saints blanked them uh, last season, last week, and the Cowboys only allowed three points the week before. So, you know, I know that both of those teams' defenses are better than the Raiders' defense, but that doesn't mean that the Raiders' defense can't join the party. I'm not expecting them to shut out the Patriots. I'm not expecting them to hold them to three points. But I do expect them to play their part. And that's all that they've done this season. They got to play their part. So pressure on the quarterback and uh, make sure that he, you know, is, stays skittish and a little, like I say, his confidence isn't there right now. That's the biggest thing. He's just not confident. Speaking of turnovers, go get some. They come in bunches. That's what everyone always says, right? You saw what happened on Monday. They came in bunches. The Raiders came away with three uh, interceptions. It was really encouraging to see Marcus Peters break up a ball and see Robert Spillane get the deflection. More times than not, that doesn't happen for the Raiders. So when I saw that, I was like, wow, that's encouraging, right? Even though I know it looks like a super easy play, more times than not, the Raiders don't make that play. So since they start coming in bunches, go out there and start being that unit that expects to get a turnover, right? Like the Cowboys, they expect a turnover. When they don't create a turnover, they're like, what the hell happened? I want the Raiders to end up being that defensive unit that goes out there and expects to create a turnover. Oh, yeah, we're going to go get one or two. Right, Either it's going to be an interception, a fumble. Something's going to happen where we're going to get the ball back. That, that's the kind of mentality that they've got to have. That's got to be the confidence and the swagger that, that, they, that they rock with. So uh, go out there and get a couple turnovers. You know, Keep that party going. Mac Jones is giving the ball away. Take it. Four interceptions and a fumble the last two games for Mac Jones. And then finally, defensively, stop the run. The Patriots believe that Ramondre Stevens can run the ball on them. They believe that he can get loose. He's a hell of a little running back. We saw him last year in, uh, in Vegas. He could do some really good things. Uh, the Packers had success against the Raiders on the grounds early, especially. And then there's, there's spurts throughout the course of the game where they were able to run as well. But early in the game, they had a ton of success on the ground. The Raiders have got to cut that off. Make Mac Jones beat you. Right now, I don't think Mac Jones has the confidence to beat you. So you've got to make this team one-dimensional. Their offensive line is suspect at best. Right. I mean, not saying that the Raiders offensive line is great, but they're the, the Patriots offensive line is pretty suspect. So I think Max Crosby has an opportunity to have a field day. He's coming off being the AFC defensive player of the week. I think he can stack that right. Have a better day than he had against the Packers. That offensive line for the, the Patriots is not good. 
So if he can get back there and harass the quarterback, maybe Tyree Wilson could get his first sack. Matter of fact, let's go ahead and put it in the universe. Let's let's make it happen. Tyree, get your first sack. Tyree's going to get his first sack. How about I put some say with my chest, right? Tyree Wilson will get his first sack of the season on Sunday against the Patriots. I'm putting, I'm saying it out there. I'm putting it in, in the universe. I'm speaking it into existence. Isn't that what they say? <laughs> That's what I'm doing. So Tyree, go on and get your sack. You can thank me later. I'll, I'll see you in the locker room and I'll tell you uh, that I that I called it on uh, on Friday on the Locked On Raiders podcast. As far as the offense goes, this is you know my big concern. The offense has got to get got to get going right. One, Jimmy's got to protect the ball. He's got to be better with the ball, man. He's turning the ball over. That interception he had on Monday was just a terrible read. He's playing bad. I mean, there's just no other way to say it. If I, if I word it any other way, I'm blowing smoke up your backside. I'm not going to do that. Jimmy's just not good right now. He's got to be better, right? He has to be better. And I know right now someone's saying, well, put Aiden O'Connell in. Look, right now the Raiders still believe that Jimmy gives him the best chance to win. But he's turning the ball over. And look, Aiden O'Connell turned the ball over too. He fumbled the ball and threw inter, you know, an interception at the end of that Chargers game. So it's not like he's a, a, a perfect, well-oiled machine either. So, you know, but Jimmy's just got to be better. He's got to be better with the ball, and he's got to protect the ball. Don't turn it over. There's no, there's no reason to give the Patriots hope, right? I mean, their offense already stinks right now, so don't give them a short field to work with. You want to know the best recipe for a bad offense is an opportunistic defense that makes plays. If a, if a defense goes and makes some plays and gets the ball back to Mac Jones, they'll start feeling good about themselves. Don't give them that opportunity. Just don't, right? Uh, pound the rock. You got to continue to try to establish the run game. I'm not saying it's going to be a 100-plus yard game. I don't know when that's going to come. I don't. I, I can't put everything into the universe and make it happen. But there's got to be an emphasis on getting that run game established, right? And that's something that I know that they're working on. Josh Jacobs, the last couple of games, has looked like he's you know got some juice in his legs, right? He had 69 yards rushing on Monday night. He did have that 24-yard rush in the second half, so that was a big chunk of it. But just got to keep plugging away. The offensive line has got to communicate and protect. That's the theme for the offensive line. Lincoln Kennedy told me this. Communicate and protect. They got to communicate on their protection of Jimmy G, right? And they got to understand the assignment when it comes to protecting them, right? Where they're going to pass guys off, who's going to pick them up, right? They've got to be in, in lockstep with each other. So communication is a key, and they've got to be able to communicate when it comes to opening up holes for Josh Jacobs. It's just that simple. Uh, Coach McDaniels, I believe, is being hamstrung right now when it comes to calling plays because he doesn't have any faith in his offensive line. And if he doesn't have any faith in the offensive line, he probably doesn't feel like he can call a lot of the plays because it's going to get Jimmy killed. Jimmy's back there skittish right now because he's got hit so many damn times so far this season. He's got to be protected. We knew that going in. Jimmy's got to stay upright. If he doesn't, it's going to be a long day at the office. And on top of that, even on, on plays that he is still standing, he, you can see him getting happy feet because he just knows that, oh, man, someone's about to hit me from somewhere. I got to get rid of this ball. So the offensive line has got to start playing their better games. I know – Last season, they were still rotating pieces, rotating players, trying to figure out what piece fits. You know, it's look, it's week six. At this point, you've got to you've got to be able to know, uh, have a, an idea at least who's going to be the guys that are going to get it done. So that's the that's the takes I have for offense. What they've got to do to to complement the defense that I believe will do everything they can to allow the Raiders to have a chance to win this game on Sunday. Overall, take advantage of a team that's down. Nobody thinks that the one and four New England Patriots are good including the one and four New England Patriots. They know that they're not good. They haven't scored a touchdown in 34 straight offensive possessions. Their defense, normally you could say that that's kind of where they can hang their hat. They're missing guys. Judon, uh, that's a big deal, right? Uh, guys, guys that can get to the quarterback, big deal. I mean, there, there's, there's a lot of missing pieces. They got J.C. Jackson. He's not 100% healthy yet, but Devontae Adams doesn't seem like he's had any problems with J.C. anyway. 
right? And I know they haven't squared up that much because J.C. was hurt a lot, but I don't think he's really that big of a threat, even though he's back in the scheme that, you know, he he made all, had all his success with. So, you know, that could be a good matchup to pay attention to, but they're just a down team, so you got to take advantage. Like my man Lincoln Kennedy said, Q, when you have a team that's not playing well, you got to, you know, you got to jump on them early and then step on their neck. So, you know, don't let them get loose. Don't let them get up and down the field on you. Don't be a slump buster. It's just that simple. Don't be a slump buster. I talk about it all the time. Don't be the team that the other team calls at 2 a.m. is like, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing? I'm on my way over, right? Don't be that. Don't be that slump buster. Go ahead and take advantage. Handle your business. Get a dub uh, and, and, and have a, a win streak for the first time this season. Improve your overall record to 3-3. Three and three. You do that, all of a sudden you look up and say, you know what? Okay, this season still has a chance. You drop to two and four, yeah, you're still in it. But, man, two and four looks real ugly as opposed to three and three. Three and three looks a whole lot better. And I know it's not that much better, but I gave you the overall records in the AFC or AFC West. You're not that far behind if you win this game on Sunday, especially because I think the Chargers are going to lose on Monday against the Cowboys. Again, the Raiders only have to worry about them. But, you know, I, I think there's a great chance that the Chargers lose on Monday. And if that happens, then the Raiders are right there. So uh, I like their chances on Sunday. I picked them to win the game. I even gave a score on the crossover edition. If you didn't hear it, I said 21-14. I do think they'll give up some points to the Patriots. I just don't think they'll give up a lot of points. The Patriots are averaging 11 points a game. Now, the Raiders aren't doing much better. They're averaging 15.8. So I'm going to say that they're going to go over 20 points for the first time uh, this season. And that's the two shots that I'm calling. Tyree Wilson is going to get his first sack of the season, and the Raiders go over their first uh, 20-point mark of 2023 so that's what i got for you for segment number two of today's lockdown raiders podcast coming up in segment number three your calls and text straight off that lockdown raider podcast voicemail line 707-654-4693 we'll get right to that after i tell you about the title sponsor which is prize picks and right now you might wonder what is prize picks q well good i'm glad you asked it's the largest independently owned daily fantasy sports platform in north america easiest and most exciting way to play daily fantasy sports it's just you against the numbers you're not going up against players no pros no sharks you pick more than or less than on two to six player stat projections and watch the winnings roll in just that simple people that play tell me that they put their picks in and submit them in less than 60 seconds that's less than this commercial (laughs) right this commercial is supposed to be 60 seconds long if you can put your entries in and win some money in less than 60 seconds and less than the time that it gives me to give this commercial you're good. You're gravy. And folks are winning a lot of money. People say they've turned $10 into $250 with just a few taps. It doesn't get too much easier than that. I, look, I live in Vegas. I go to the casinos. It's easy to win money, but it's easy to lose money there too. This is easy for you to win money on prize picks. All you got to do is go to right now, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, prizepicks.com slash locked on NFL. Use the promo code locked on NFL for a first deposit match up to $100. Prize picks, daily fantasy sports made easy. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. Let's start off with a call from Raider Rich in the 831. He's calling to talk about Robert Spillane, and he also brings up Coach uh, Antonio Pierce, the linebacker coach, and is still pretty concerned about this Raiders offense. So here he is, Raider Rich from the 831. Hey, Q, Raider Rich, Matt, from the 831. Hey, um, just a couple, couple quick comments. Uh, I know you're talking about Spillane. Um, 
on Monday's Monday's podcast um, or Tuesday's podcast. Man, I'm off a day two because of Monday Night Football. Um, but you know what? I think he's having a, a great year uh, so far. Um, I kind of see the dog in him. Um, but I also want to give some credit to the to the linebacker coach Antonio Pierce. I think he's a very underrated coach. Uh, I've been following him since his uh, since his Long Beach days, Long Beach Poly days when he was head coach. Obviously, I followed him in the NFL and stuff like that. But I started tracking him as a as a head coach in high school, and I was kind of worked his way up. And he's a pretty impressive coach. Um, he's not far off from being a defensive coordinator, in my opinion, and a, and a future head coach one day uh, in the NFL. Uh, I think he's that good. Um, and he's proven it with, uh, with Spillane, um, just bringing him over, not a sexy signing, but, but he's playing sexy right now. And that's all that we can ask for. Um, second thing, and I really want your comment on is, uh, I'm just really, really concerned about the offense. Um, and I know we had talked about, or you had talked about in the past with Patrick Graham being the scapegoat. Uh, I, I think Patrick Graham's doing a, a commendable job considering, right? Uh, but I mean, I'm not mistaken, no more than 17 points all season is the total the offense has put up. I mean, who's the scapegoat there? I mean, or what's going on? You know, like, I just, I, I'm not understanding. Um, I feel there's so much talent on the offensive side of the ball, and, like, 17 points just doesn't make sense to me. I, I just, I just, I don't get it. Like, who's the scapegoat now? Is it, because I, I don't know, last year I felt like it was Carr, not me personally, but I felt like the organization pushed Carr out, um, and that's water under the bridge for me. But um, I, I just I don't know this year. I just I'm kind of at a loss for words, man. Uh, just trying to get a, a professional opinion. Uh, Q, any questions? Um, glad you, I'm glad you always answer them, man. Um, that's why you're here. Appreciate you. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And yes, Belaine, he's he's proven to be worth the signing, right? I didn't know what to expect when the Raiders signed him. I knew that he was really good in run support, but I knew he was a liability as far as, uh, you know, uh, in coverage. And right now he leads the team in interceptions, <laughs> right? I mean, I know he got two on Monday, but still, I mean, it is what it is, right? He's got two interceptions. Trayvon Merrick has one, and Amik Robertson has one. So uh, he's been worth the price of admission. He's also become a pretty big leader in that Raiders defensive uh, side of the ball uh, in that locker room. So uh, every time I get a chance to talk to him, uh, I just, I, all I can hear is a guy that loves ball, loves ball, loves ball. Antonio Pierce, same way. He's a dude. He was a dude when he played. Uh, he was a dude when he was a coach at Arizona State. Uh, he, he's a guy that I really enjoyed talking to him uh, earlier in the offseason when they had a chance to catch up with all the assistant coaches as well. Antonio Pierce is one of those guys that the linebackers want to play for. I don't think there's any surprise that Spillane and D Divine Diablo are playing some really good ball right now because, well, again, Antonio Pierce is that guy. Uh, as far as the as far as the offense goes and and the scapegoat going, I mean, you know, it's Coach McDaniel's. He's he's the offensive guy, right? That's his side of the ball. So I don't know who the scapegoat would be. You know, it's not going to be him. So you know, do you blame the offensive line coach and get rid of him if if there has to be someone that goes? I don't know. Uh, I thought Patrick Graham was going to be the sacrificial lamb, but right now he's got the the Raiders defense playing pretty good. Is it great? No. Right, they got a lot, a lot of room to grow. Don't get me wrong, but they're they're giving their defense and giving the team a chance. So uh, it won't be Patrick Graham. He's not the he's not the 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 the, the you know the sacrificial lamb. If you're looking at the offense, it's only averaging 15.8 points per game. I mean, I don't know. Look up and down the offense. So, somebody you know will probably have to be the one if there's going to be any moves being made. And, and you know that's not guaranteed that they do that. But thanks so much for that call. I do appreciate you. 
Up next, got a text from Tim in Oregon. He says, thank you. It's Tim from Oregon. I want to show some love to Jacoby Myers. When the Raiders signed him, I thought this would be a great pickup, and he hasn't disappointed. Great route running and great reliable hands. This, I would think, poses a problem for defensive coordinators who are willing to have beat them. Who are they willing to have beat them, Devontae or Jacoby? Teams can't shut down both receivers, I don't think. Jacoby is a great addition to this offense. Thanks for the time, Q. One Nation under Al. That's Tim in Oregon. And, yeah, there's no doubt. And that's what I was saying when the season started. Watch out for 16. He's going to be a guy that is going to be worth his, uh, his weight in gold. And, and the, the thing about it is how you know it's a really good signing is people in New England right now are like, why the hell did they not sign him back? Why the hell did they pick Juju Smith-Schuster over Jacoby Myers? They're paying him basically the same amount of money, and they're getting nothing out of Juju, and the Raiders are getting a ton out of Jacoby, and he's missed the game because of a concussion. Right? It's, it's wild. Like Anyone I talk to that's a beat writer or covers the Patriots, they all say, yeah, Jacoby Myers getting out of town was a bad, bad decision. And for some reason, they like Juju more than they like Jacoby, but he was the best wide receiver on the, on, on, on the market in free agency. The Raiders got him, and that was a one. That was a number one wide receiver in New England. He's now a number two, but a real number two. So, yeah, Jacoby Myers has been really good, and it's going to show on Sunday, right? Okay, Bill Belichick's probably going to try to take Devontae Adams out. Okay, so you got Jacoby Myers there. So he'll probably shine. So, yeah, you're right. They can't cover everybody. And having a true number two wide receiver as opposed to Mac Hollins, no, no disrespect to Mac, is a really, really good thing. Thanks, text, uh, thanks, Tim, for your text. I definitely appreciate you. Uh, got a call from J.D. from Oakdale. He's calling to talk about the offensive line as it pertains to the run game. Here he is, J.D. from Oakdale. Thank you. This is J.D. from Oakdale. Uh, thinking about the O-line situation and how it seems like the O-line is really – regrets in the run game, especially this year. And I have no way of football mind. I'm just curious to wonder, could it have anything to do this may be stupid, but would it have anything to do with car you would always go to the line of scrimmage and read the defense and change the play of the line, which Josh McDaniels doesn't we, we hear he doesn't like that. Would that have anything to do with it? Because it seemed like when he would change out of plays, Jacobs would bust off a pretty good run, or it always the success rate seems greater than not. And I just wonder if that has anything to do with it, because they seem to just really run the plays that are called. Uh, and I'm just curious if that might be anything there, or, or if they just truly regressed based off of the play. I, I don't know. But uh, anyways, that's all. Maybe stupid, may not. I have no idea. It's, I've been thinking about the last few weeks, but anyways, later. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And yeah, I'm not sure exact what the exact problem is or the disconnect is. I would think that the run game would be there. You've got Josh Jacobs. He led the league in rushing last season. The majority of the offensive line is the same, but Illuminor is on the right side. They got Van Roten on the on the right side. I, I don't know, you know, what you do. I don't know how you upgrade it, how you make it better, how you, you know, improvise for the 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 issues that they're having on the right side. Thayer Mumford, I think that they operate better when he's in there. But, you know, Mumford and Luminor are two different style of tackles. And, you know, so uh, it depends on what they want out there, right? So uh, Lincoln Kennedy was breaking it down to me about the difference between Mumford and, and Luminor. And, you know, it's, it's – it's, it, I don't know, man. I, I don't know. I'm surprised. Let's put it like that. I guess that's the best way to word it. I'm surprised that the offensive line is struggling the way it is. So uh, thanks so much for that. That uh, text I do, or that call I do, appreciate you. Now I got a text. How about a text from Loyalty Raider out of the 915? He said, what's up, Q? 
What's good, Raider Nation? It's Loyalty Raider from the 915. I've been quiet most of last year and this year because of the way Josh McDaniels was conducting business. You say we don't know what's wrong with this offense. Well, the answer is Josh McDaniels sold our car. You can't tell me there wasn't a better quarterback to spread the ball around. He may have needed a tune-up, but he got the job done in the long run. I'm not hating on Jimmy G. Well, not that bad anyways. Because he's a Raider, I got his back. But at this point, I'm expecting two turnovers from Jimmy G per game. But enough of that. Hey, Q, I need you to say it, and I need you to say it like the only way you know how to say it. Mel Kiper Jr. <laughs> I'm superstitious, and I feel we do better when you are yourself. Don't let nobody try to change you. I've been a loyal listener since 2018 because your content's real. Shout out to Ari, One, La- One Love Nation, Go Raiders. That's from <laughs> Loyalty Raider out the 915. And, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about people tripping out that uh, the way I said Mel Kiper. I just, when people start saying that I was being disrespectful, saying, I was like, okay, that's too much. Hell, Mel Kiper's a, a teammate. I work with the guy. But whatever. You know, that was – Someone's always going to be mad about something. I could say that it's sunshine outside and someone's going to be pissed off. No, it's raining where I'm at. You're wrong. Well, so whatever. You know, it is what it is. People get, people get mad when I talk about my son. <laughs> you know, it's like, are you kidding me? So there's always going to be someone that's mad about something. I, I'm, believe me, it ain't, it ain't changing who I am. I just said, you know what? If that really bothers you, fine. I'll figure out something else to do that will bother you later. So it is what it is. Uh, as far as the quarterback situation goes, I mean, yeah, Jimmy G is who he is right now, and he can't turn the ball over like he is. It's an uh, it's incredible pace that he's on, and it shouldn't be acceptable. It really shouldn't. It's, it's got to get cleaned up. Uh, as far as Carr, you know, he's gone. Uh, it's water under the bridge at this point. You know, he's doing his thing in New Orleans. He's saying he's had the most fun he's ever had playing football, so that's good, right? I'm happy for him. Glad he's, you know, feeling good about himself, feeling good about his team, and he's in a division that's very winnable. So, you know, good luck to him, and uh, hopefully the Raiders figure their situation out. You know, and Jimmy G obviously is not the long-term solution. And all I think the Raiders have to do is figure out who is. Is it someone that they have on the staff, on the roster? Is it Aiden O'Connell? Or is it someone in the draft? And, you know, we're not at the stage to start talking about the draft yet. But, you know, who knows? It, it, it very easily could be. So thanks so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Got time for a couple quick more. Uh, how about Raider Eddie in Denver? He's calling to talk about the Raiders' defense and to pump the brakes on the props that I was giving them. Here he is, Raider Eddie in Denver. Hey, Q, what's up? This is Raider Eddie in Denver. Hey, love your show. I uh, just want to see if we can pump the brakes a little bit on the Raiders' defense being so great, okay? Uh, this is just my take, and I could be wrong. Probably am wrong, but um, you said we're around middle of the pack in points allowed. You know, so I'm going to – I think there's a couple factors there. One, we've been out of some games uh, here, like the Chargers game. We were out of that game for a lot of it. Um, definitely the Bills game. We, we were not in that game for much of that. Uh, some of the other games where we just got sort of controlled and it was clear our offense wasn't going to do anything, I think the other teams then adjust their offense. They play a lot more um, conservatively, I think, when they know they don't need to put up points against the Raiders and they can win, you know, Um I think I honestly think that's a lot of it. I think that's why the Chargers took their foot off the gas pedal in the second half and didn't score on us. They didn't really need to because they had that win sewn up, sewed up. And, uh, you know, so, and again, we're middle of the pack with points allowed. You know, my eyes don't tell me our defense is any good. Uh, Tyree Wilson looks like a project, um, and that's putting it kindly. Uh, Koontz, I haven't watched a lot of Koontz, so – I think he maybe could be a starter, but, you know, our defensive line just isn't very good, Q. Our linebackers are, to my mind, they're still undersized. Uh, Marcus Peters can't tackle. 
um, we're still like making huge mistakes and knowing who's going to cover what part of the field. I mean, and, and so I'm not ready to say, let's give Patrick Graham all this credit either. I, absolutely not. I, I, and I'm going to say this again about Patrick Graham. Where was all of this, hey, this, this, these leadership qualities, he's the next head coach. Tell me again where all that banter came from. Like, where's the evidence for, for any of that? Um, anyway, Q, love the show. Hope the Raiders, um, prove me wrong and the defense is, uh, in a, in an upper tier in the NFL this season. And, uh, thanks again. Love the show. Talk to you soon. Thank you for the call, my man. I appreciate you. And you always want to rain on the parade, huh? No, I'm kidding. But no, it does. It always sounds like you're ready to poo poo on everything. But I understand what you're saying. First thing first, I never said they were great. Never said, if, if you got a clip of me saying that they were great, please tell me. I never said they were great. I said they were middle of the path, uh, the middle of the pack, which is all that we've ever asked them to be. They're giving up 22.8 points per game, right? And the Raiders have not been blown out by everybody. They've been blown out by one team. They were blown out by the Buffalo Bills. That was no doubt about it. Every other game that they've lost, they lost to the Chargers by seven, which is one touchdown, one score loss. They lost to the Steelers by five, which is less than one score, one touchdown, right? A touchdown wins. So I don't care if you think that the Chargers took their foot off the gas. That's on them. That's on, I mean, something we've talked about with the Raiders and, and their offense. Well, they get conservative, take their foot off the gas, and they lose games. Okay, so if, it, if, it, if that's the problem that the Raiders have, then that's the problem that the Chargers had. Justin Herbert was held to under 200 yards passing. That's nothing to shake a stick at. And again, if they took their foot off the gas, and shame on Brandon Staley. He also went for it on fourth down and didn't get it, and the Raiders had a chance to go and win the game, or at least tie the game, and they didn't get it done. Aiden O'Connell threw an interception. So, you know, again, the Raiders lost by seven with a rookie quarterback making his debut. You think the defense didn't have anything to do with that? Come on. They didn't let the Chargers score in the second half, right? They, 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 held, the, they held the Packers to, what, 13 points? I mean, come on, what are we talking about? You got to give them some credit, man. Again, I'm not saying they're great. And you don't have to agree with me if you don't want to. That's fine. But, I mean, let's call it what it is. Their offense hasn't been great, but their defense hasn't been too bad. If you told me the Raiders were going to give up 22 points per game this season, I would tell you that the Raiders are going to win a lot of games because I thought the strength of the team was going to be the offense. So, again, it's a small sample size. It's only five games. We'll see what they do this week. But, I mean, you got to give them a little bit of credit. You got to give Patrick Graham a little bit of credit for at least getting these guys and putting them in position to succeed, right? They would have more turnovers. They would have, what, seven turnovers already on the season if they didn't get in their own way. Week one against Denver, penalty causes, causes the fumble that they had to go back to Denver. Week two, the hands to the face from Nate Hobbs causes the interception that Roderick Teamer had to go back to Buffalo. Week three, Marcus Peters put the ball on the ground when he had a pick six. Week four, uh, Marcus Peters had a ball in his hands in the end zone, put it on the ground. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, they're in position to make plays. They just weren't making plays. And finally, they've gotten their hands on a couple. I'd like to see it going. But the defense, the defense isn't the problem, my man. What you're mad at is the offense. And that's on Josh McDaniels. That's his, that's his baby. That's his side of the ball. The defense is doing their job. The offense, not so much. So that's, that's the real issue. And as far as Patrick Graham being a head coach, that doesn't even matter. Before he joined the Raiders, though, if you have to know, yes, he was interviewing for head coaching jobs, including the one in New York with the Giants. Now, he didn't get it. That went to Brian Dayball, but he was interviewing for head coaching jobs. Right now, with the job he's done with the Raiders, as far as the defense goes, he's not going to get any, any head coaching job interviews. He hasn't earned that. But 
for what the Raiders need him to do is not try to be a head coach, is try to be the best defensive coordinator he could be. And he's, he's doing that right now. He's, he's doing a good job. And the Raiders' defense has a long way to go to still be who they need to be. They've got, a, they've got a lot of work to do. But at least they're keeping the team hanging around as far as I'm concerned. This show's gone really, really long on this Friday. But, hell, it's already long, so let's get one more quick text in. This is from Mikey the Barber in the 916 at Sacramento, California. Great CEOs know how to delegate tasks and jobs to create a great company that runs like a well-oiled machine. McDaniels needs to delegate offensive play call to the OC and worry about clock management and situational decisions. He's got to stop coaching like a coward. Let's hope he can get his head out of his backside and not waste these prime years from Max and Devontae. That's Mikey the Barber in the 916. And you're not wrong about, you know, delegating and CEOs and, you know, a lot of head coaches that call plays aren't as successful as, you know, they they probably could be uh, because, you know, they, 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 or they're not looking all across the teams. But then you see other, other head coaches that get it done, like Andy Reid, who's getting it done in, in Kansas City, right? Obviously, Sean Payton's calling the plays in Denver, but they're one in five. There's, there's, you know, guys that get it done, and they figure out how to do it. Sean McVay in, in L.A. with the Rams, he gets it done. Josh McDaniels just hasn't. But, again, I think a lot of it, his offensive struggles is because the offensive line is not giving him any time. And as far as situational football, he does make some decisions that I've questioned multiple times and I've asked him about, you know. And so that's something that that's, you know, that's a field game, right? I mean, that's one of those things where when you're the head coach and all calls are on you, you got to feel what, what feels right to you. And so uh, just because it don't feel right to me don't mean that it's wrong. Uh, I just – it's just me. But thanks for that text. I do appreciate you. And that's all the time I got for. Matter of fact, way over time on today's show. Sorry, Ari. Sorry to the powers that be. I apologize, but we're heading into the weekend anyway. So uh, let's just get it right. So uh, we'll talk on Monday again. The Raiders kick off with uh, the Patriots at Allegiant Stadium 105 on Sunday. Uh, looking forward to it. That's 105 Pacific time. Look forward to it. Uh, you get Raiders locker room following the game, win or lose. It doesn't matter. You'll have some back some more on, on Monday's show. Hopefully we're handing out game balls and we're talking about the Raiders on a two-game winning streak and looking at three and three and uh, wondering what's up next and how they can keep this party rolling. Hopefully that's the conversation we're having on Monday. But until then, Raider Nation, take care of yourself, take care of your family, love on your family. Most importantly, as always, just win, baby.